Hello and welcome to the Bitcoin and Global Finance Podcast with me, Jason Dean, in partnership with Luno Wallet and Exchange. Here we talk about all things Bitcoin and all things financial and try and make some sense of them. If you'd like to get in touch with me, then I'll give you some contact details at the end of this podcast. Or if you're listening on YouTube, just leave a comment below. So before we get stuck into today's myth-busting topic, I just wanted to acknowledge Luno's support in helping make this podcast possible. Luno is one of the world's leading cryptocurrency wallets and exchanges, trusted by over 6 million customers in 40 countries. And it's a testament to their growth because it was 5 million when I first started this last year. And it's no secret, of course, if you follow me on Twitter, Medium or Voice.com, that I've been recommending Luno for a long time. And I love recommending Luno for people who might be new to the world of cryptocurrency because it's very pretty, it's very intuitive, and it's an easy and secure way to buy, exchange or hold Bitcoin and other cryptos such as Litecoin, XRP, Ethereum, and so on. Even better, Crypto Compare's exchange benchmark report came out on the 16th of February 2021 and it confirmed Luno as one of only six AA rated exchanges in the world. That's the very top score unsurprisingly. So simply go to luno.com for the details or download the app that's Luno L-U-N-O on your Android or Apple device. In fact if you do that and you're over 18 and based in the UK or Europe I'm going to give you £10 worth of Bitcoin courtesy of Luno app absolutely free to get you started on that app and the way that I'll be doing that is by giving you a code at the end of this podcast which will credit your account instantly when you enter it. It is a gift, the app is free, there are no monthly charges, there's no obligation to buy anything else. This is part of a campaign by Luno to introduce new people to Bitcoin and the idea is to get around that initial hurdle we all have about using Bitcoin for the first time. You know, when you're a bit paranoid about doing something wrong and losing your money. So Luno gives you this little bit of Bitcoin so you can experiment with confidence before you commit your own funds, if of course you ever decide to do that. So you can keep it, sell it, move it to the savings account to get interest, give it a charity, whatever you want, it's yours. So let's get started on today's podcast. Who is the typical cryptocurrency investor in 2021? Now, this is based on some really extensive research carried out by Gemini UK. And I should warn you that we're going to be challenging a few stereotypes. Now, this all started off because I was recently contacted by a student in Ireland via Twitter asking for information on the demographic and socioeconomic backgrounds of typical cryptocurrency holders. That's users and investors of Bitcoin and, of course, other cryptocurrencies. And it was only when he asked me, um, I realized I didn't really have a good enough answer for him. And it's not like I hadn't really thought about it. In fact, not only had I thought about it from time to time, it had become a bit of a fun pastime of mine to ask other people how they would describe such a person. Now, purely on a curious and anecdotal and usually quite funny basis, whenever the chance came up in conversation. Now, I asked crypto enthusiasts, who usually described some variation of themselves, and true no-coiners, who usually described someone other than themselves. And of course, this was almost exclusively in the days when you could go to pubs and you ended up 
talking about all kinds of stuff. The, the results, of course, are entirely unscientific, but also quite interesting because there are often similarities which haven't changed much over the last few years, and they usually fall into one of three categories. Now, first of all, you've got the classic conspiracy theorists. Now, this is someone who is paranoid about everything, believes aliens control the planet, COVID-19 is a way to control the population, and, of course, the moon landings were fate. They're always male, and they're usually older. Then you've got the loner geek, who does everything online, has few real-world friends, plays video games, binge-watches TV shows, and has probably secretly enjoyed lockdown. Again, they're usually male, usually younger this time, often living alone or with parents at home. And then finally, you had the arrogant city trader. Now, this is young, rich, annoyingly good-looking, self-centered, probably lives in London, only lit for the money, and would thrash you at squash without any mercy, even if it was your first game. Now, they're typically male, typically in their mid-20s to mid-30s. They live in a cool flat, and they're active on Tinder. So, while there are variations, the overwhelming consensus of my entirely anecdotal and really quite useless research, and I'm using that term as loosely as possible, shows several reoccurring attributes that could be summarized as follows. Your typical cryptocurrency investor is likely to be young, tech-savvy, male, based in an affluent part of the UK, single, and perhaps a little unlikable. Now, this doesn't seem to paint an entirely realistic picture to me, although I confess some of this is a little bit close to home at times. But fortunately, Gemini UK recently conducted a far more scientific nationally representative survey of 2,000 people using proper analytical tools and focused and proven research techniques. In other words, not just asking a bunch of random people in a pub. Now, that report, which was aimed at finding out who exactly the UK holders, users and investors in cryptocurrency are, is out and is freely available on the internet and it makes really interesting reading. So, now that we have this data, just how far out were our caricature-based assumptions? Well, as it turns out, both not much and quite a lot at the same time. Now, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, but let's go through and look at what the data says. So first of all, let's start with how many people hold cryptocurrencies in the UK. Now, before we get carried away with this, we should point out that the raw research, the underlying data, if you like, for this report was carried out in October 2020, which was actually before Bitcoin's latest and craziest bull run. So that means it's almost certainly out of date to start with because the resulting drive and awareness and the known uptick in individual trading accounts since that time across all exchanges means that we're going to have some limitations on what we can find out. But even so, there are some really fascinating reveals. So the first figure that stands out is the fact that 13.5% of all respondents are engaged with cryptocurrency. And that split as 3.7% who are currently active and 9.8% who are recently active. Now that translates to roughly 6.9 million adults in the UK using adult population data from Statista.com. Now, this is a significant increase from the estimated 5.35%, which was recorded in December 2019, according to a report published by the Financial Conduct Authority, that's the FCA, at that time. 
Now that's certainly higher than I thought it would be, but what about the age, gender and relationship status of those holders? And actually the very first stereotype busting number is revealed right here at the outset. And here it is. 41.6% of active respondents were female. That's over two in five. Now, not only that, but a significant percentage of those who said they were planning to invest were also women at almost exactly the same rate, 40%. So it seems the days of male domination in this field are coming to an end. So now we've challenged the typically male stereotype. What can we learn about age? Is it true that most cryptocurrency investors are young? Well, Gemini actually produced a very nice chart which shows the story pretty clearly, I think. So between the ages of 18 and 44, the number of people holding cryptocurrencies in that age group is pretty high. In fact, it's 33.1% in the age group 25 to 34, the sort of highest represented age group. But this does drop off sharply after the age of 45 when it drops right down to 7.8%. So it seems that I, as someone who's now 50, am in a minority in my age group. And I have to say, I feel pretty good about that, actually. Now, looking ahead, those who are 55 plus at the moment are far less likely to be interested in crypto. In fact, it rockets up to 56.7% flat out not interested in crypto above that age. So this data would seem to support at least partially a kind of stereotypical assessment of who these people are. So it tends to be someone younger. Wouldn't necessarily say it was all 25 to 35. That is the busiest sort of age group. But certainly there's interest for as low as 18 and as high as 44. So when it comes to amounts invested, men hold more than women across all the value ranges except notably one. So in the category of total holding between 1,001 and 5,000 pounds, people account for 53.5% of total ownership. Men most significantly outweigh women in the second highest category of 5,001 to 10,000 pound value range at 77.8% and the highest category of 10,001 pounds plus at 65.9%. And then when we look at living arrangements, that data also challenges some of the attributes we've accepted as true in the past. So first, crypto investors are far more likely to have at least one child or dependent living at home than any other household makeup at 34.1%. The next most common arrangement is living with housemates at 20.2%, which kind of fits in nicely with the age demographic data we've already seen, uh, well, at least in, in broad terms anyway. But completely smashing the loner image of crypto investors, the report also reveals that most are actually in relationships, either married in a civil partnership or living with a partner, which is at 56.9%, compared to only 34.5% who are single. So it looks like Tinder is off the table. Well, at least mostly, we would think. But like many reports of this nature, there are often a couple of lines that are to be found idly laying around at the end of paragraphs that have impacts much greater than the sum of the words. And one in particular caught my eye, and I'm going to quote it for you now. It reads as follows. Cryptocurrency investors are also less likely to own their own home at 58.4% than those not interested in cryptocurrency at 67.8%. 
Now, a number of conclusions could be drawn from this, but I would take it to be a reflection of a younger age bracket on the one hand, but also the fact that people who already have some sort of hard asset, in this case property, are less likely to bother looking elsewhere for return. Perhaps they simply don't feel that they need to. So what does the data tell us about income, education levels and employment? Well, most of us, myself included, if I'm being completely honest, assume that people who invest in cryptocurrencies are more affluent or have more than most in terms of average disposable income. But as it turns out, that may not be entirely true. According to the Office for National Statistics, the ONS, the average household income for the period ending April 2020, that's the most recent data we have available, shows that the average household income in the UK was £30,800 per annum. Now what that means is, if we look at the data, that around 30% of the holders of cryptocurrency, either past or present, actually earn less than that average. Now, that is a very significant minority, and it's certainly significant enough to smash the stereotypical affluence argument. Now, it is true that higher earners own a greater amount of cryptocurrency, but it would be interesting to know what percentage of each bracket's income was typically used for purchasing, something that we can't ascertain from the report. So we don't know whether people spend 5% of their disposable income or 50%. And I should imagine that would vary quite a lot by um, affluence or income level. It's also interesting to note that should cryptocurrencies continue along their current growth trajectory, which many people think it could do, there is a real opportunity for a significant wealth transfer to occur. But, you know, I should point out this is a personal view. This is not an empiric one. It's just one of those things you think, wouldn't it be cool if that happened? But whatever your position on that particular point, it's pretty clear that not all crypto holders are top earners, as we probably thought immediately. Now, this report also makes me wonder... Is it possible that the current pandemic has significantly accelerated crypto adoption over that year, not necessarily due to a collective understanding of the changes in the macro financial landscape, but for other reasons? So while many people have been adversely affected, there are many others who have been able to continue working and earning, but have found they have significantly reduced overheads when working from home. So think about it. You've got no travel now. You've got no petrol expenses. You've got no train expenses. You've got no incidentals such as coffee while you're out, which if you're anything like me is uh, something you just can't resist. You can have cheaper lunches at home. There's no going out entertainment expenses and so on and so forth. And that's been for a very extended period. I mean, it's come up to a year now here in the UK, apart from sort of this little lunch break we had over summer last year. Now, that means a significant group of people have found themselves with excess income. And probably for some of those, that's been the first time ever. So the question is, is it possible that some of this money has found its way into new, easier to obtain forms of investment such as cryptocurrencies? Well, maybe. It's only a theory, but I don't believe it can be fully discounted. There's actually a similar surprise to be found when it comes to looking at education. So again, the temptation, based on historical and probably unreliable anecdotal evidence, is to think that the vast majority of investors have significantly higher education levels, backed, for example, by diplomas and degrees. However, this research clearly indicated that this is no longer the case, even assuming it ever actually was in the first place. 
In fact, less than a third of investors, that's 29.1%, hold a bachelor's degree or equivalent, whereas just over half, literally just over half at 50.1%, have no university or advanced degree at all. So even allowing for quite a big margin of error, it's fairly clear to observe that a higher education level is no guarantee of an increased propensity to buy cryptocurrency. So what about employment? Well, most holders, unsurprisingly, are employed full-time. That's 64.4%, with another 11% employed part-time. However, the range of industries these people are employed in were not perhaps as you'd first expect. So let's go through the um, top five. So IT and telecoms, that was 14.9%, possibly no surprise there. Architecture, engineering and construction, was probably a little higher than I thought because that's the second on the list at 14.4%. Retail, 12.9%. I didn't expect that one. Advertising, marketing and communications at 8%. And number five in the top five is agriculture, farming and conservation at 7.5%. An industry which is arguably in no way related to cryptocurrency at all. So while IT and telecom seem to fit our sort of classical view, the retail and agricultural categories don't. But it's possible these sectors have disproportionate amounts of younger workers, which may account for some of this. Now, of course, the occupational area that you might be tempted to most associate with cryptocurrency investing, that of financial services, only actually makes up 6.5% of UK cryptocurrency holders. And I think that's quite interesting in itself. So the next question we're going to ask ourselves is what about geography? Where do we find these people? So we do find something a bit predictable here. Uh, and in fact, this is probably one of the few things that tied in with our original kind of stereotypical cryptocurrency investor, because London is, in fact, the top location for cryptocurrency investing. All three categories of past ownership, current ownership and planned ownership. But there is another area of the UK that may yet challenge this. The West Midlands has a disproportionate number of holders, 14.8%, when compared to the percentage of the UK population who actually live there, which is 8.95%. And that is actually currently in second place. But even more interestingly, its neighbour, the entire country of Wales, is currently second in terms of housing those who said they were planning to invest in cryptocurrency. So could this be the next UK hotspot as a result of that. Finally, the other interesting point to gather from all of this data is that only 29% of all respondents live in urban areas. That means the other 71% live in suburban or rural environments, supporting the evidence provided for interests and activity outside of London itself. So that's interesting in itself. But the next question we need to look at is the tech adoption of the people who invest in cryptocurrency and their savings levels. Can we learn anything or make any associations from those particular angles? So the report does cover some of this and it does make quite interesting reading. But for me, there are two pieces of information that really stand out amongst all of it. The first is that a significant number, which is 62.5% of current and potential investors in cryptocurrency are also early adopters of new technology in general. In fact, almost half of those, 48.2%, say they invest in new technology at launch. These are people who are really open-minded to new ways of doing things. I suppose that's no surprise in reality. 
But those technologies, the ones that they invest in or buy and use, include things like smart appliances, home assistants, smart security, and other accessories. But by far the most striking number is those who own an electric or hybrid vehicle. So get this, for those who are holding or, or who have ever held cryptocurrencies, this number is an impressive 62.5% compared to just 6.9% of those who are not interested. And that is a massive difference. Now, that difference does, though, probably go some way to explaining the psychology of people holding cryptocurrencies in terms of being forward looking, embracing the future and so on and so forth. But there is another area, and that second area is how investing in cryptocurrencies appears to affect people's savings decisions. There's quite a lot of detail in the report, actually, which is beautifully presented, but it's actually quite hard to recreate in a, in a, in a podcast. But whichever way you cut the numbers, it's clear that both current and previous investors are more likely to have increased their savings investments over recent months. Now, when you consider the negative economic effects that COVID-19 has forced onto people generally, that's a pretty impressive outcome. Now, not only that, but people in the same group are also more likely to be looking to increase their savings and investments in the coming year. Could it be that once you take your first step and invest time, understanding and money into crypto, it's simply too hard to go back to the old ways of doing things? This isn't something you can conclude from that data, of course, but it happens to tie in nicely with my own experience, as well as that of many of my colleagues. So again, it's only a theory, but we can't say that categorically. So what's the bottom line? Well, there is a quote from Blair Halliday, who's head of Gemini UK, that's found halfway through the report that sums up very nicely our preconceived ideas. It reads as follows, and I'll quote, These findings show a divergence from the persistent view of the crypto investor as single, male and childless. But it should be noted that we had these preconceived ideas because, well, they were true, pretty much. Previous reports by the FCA had summarised a typical investor as male, in a higher household income bracket, and working in tech even as recently as late 2019. So somehow that information had lodged itself in our brains, but it's quite clear that profile has changed radically in just 12 months. Of course, we can only really speculate as to the reasons why, but I suspect this is to do with the general growing awareness of what is happening to our existing financial system, the increased ease of buying, selling and holding cryptocurrencies, and the effects of COVID-19 in terms of available time for education, and sadly, for some, a hard lesson in the dependency of a single income. Now, just to add to that, anecdotally, I can verify a steady increase in attendance to my free open to all introduction to Bitcoin webinars that I've been running for some time now as the pandemic has worn on. In fact, the last two events I ran, which were both in January 2021, saw record attendance from all ages, races and demographics, as well as all genders. So that just kind of shows where we're going with this thing. I should also mention that this data is, of course, limited to the UK, and I can't help but think we must be seeing similar patterns elsewhere in the world, but I don't have any other empirical data to confirm this categorically. It does make sense, though, because the trends are clearly identifiable and the conclusions are entirely logical. But 
I'm guessing the next time I play the who is the typical cryptocurrency investor game in some vague far off future where we're once allowed again to mix together socially in a pub somewhere, I do now wonder if I'll get a different answer. Well, I guess time will tell. for listening today if you've got any comments or questions on this podcast please message me on twitter at jason a dean or if you'd like to know more on the subject of bitcoin and finance in general then join me on medium on the new address they've given me which is jasonadean.medium.com don't forget the e at the end of dean when you're typing that out or you won't find me now i promised you 10 pounds worth of bitcoin at the start of this podcast and here are the details you need All you need to do is open the Luno app and type in the code I'm going to give you. Now, I should say, if you haven't verified your account yet, you should do that first. It only takes a minute. And you do that by going to Profile, Settings, Verification, and it's the usual mugshot and ID that you use on all banking apps these days, and it's usually processed within a couple of minutes. Once done, and of course you only have to do it once, you just go to the section called Rewards at the bottom of the screen, press the Enter a Code button, and type in the following. P-D-U-K-1-2-X. That's Papa, Delta, Uniform, Kilo, 1, 2, X-Ray, and well, that's it. Your £10 in Bitcoin will be credited instantly. If you're in Europe, it'll be the equivalent of £10, so that's about €11, I think, at the moment. You can use that just to play with the app and explore it, but of course you can buy more Bitcoin easily once you're set up and go from there. Don't forget you can now earn 4% interest on your crypto by moving it to the savings wallet built into the app, which is of course about 4% more than you can get in the bank right now. T's and C's apply when saving and you can check those out when you first transfer over. So I'll leave that with you and I'll see you next time on the Bitcoin and Global Finance Podcast.